0: This is exactly
1: right. Here we go. Scotty. you ready? I am in the best mood. I'm ready to podcast. I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Let's do it.
2: I am too. Here it is. Meet the original Florida man, Amo Covunen. That's, that's, it? All okay. that's all I'm giving you. I, I could give you more. I could give you more. But no. I feel like that will just give you a taste of what's to come. Because yes. I want it to all unfold beautifully and organically for you. Beautiful. Well, we'll
1: learn more about America's skin tag on this new episode of Bananas.
2: gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. We hope uh, your December is wonderful. That's Scotty Landis on the other side of me.
1: That is Kurt Oler my homeboy. And that was our Christmas theme or our holiday theme as done by uh, Kehan Amati. And if you don't like it, you can shove it joyfully up your keister.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't. Message us saying, when is it going back? Yes. Uh, It's not okay. We're, I'm excited. This is, we're kind of like coming towards the end of the year for recording our bananas. Yes. uh
1: what a way to wrap this year up tight with an incredible guest! I'm ready to bring here we go. Whose voice sounds incredibly well recorded? Really well recorded,
2: folks. Our guest today is a second timer on bananas, mm. and mm. that means we likes her. Yes, uh, she is a fantastic comedian who was yes. not only named a a 2022 comic to watch by Variety. Huge. But Her brand new HBO comedy special, Mm. The Intruder, drops December 10th on, that's right, HBO. Folks, it's Atsuko Okatsuka. Yay!
0: Hello, hi, thank you so much for having me back. (laughs) My favorite boys...
1: <laughs> oh, we'll take Yay! it.
2: We'll take it.
1: Whether that's true or not, we accept
2: it in 2022. We accept the compliment. Look, there is no truth really, so just every compliment is real, right?
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, that was yeah. real deep. That was like that was <laughs> poetry. Is there a real truth anyway? So Exactly. Take the compliment. Yeah, yeah, the light me, bouncing
2: yeah. off of objects that goes into our eyes. It's not a real representation of reality. What is truth anyway? Yes, wow. we are Otsko's favorite boys. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. you know, and things always change. But, you know, am I meeting? <laughs> <laughs> but that's also the beauty of bold statements, you know? Yes. Yeah. Is this my Hot soulmate? Tapes. That might change. Mm-hmm. Is this the best day ever? The next day might be better, but you say the thing you're feeling now
1: that's yes. right live in the moment
0: yeah
2: believe it. That's let's what we go believe.
0: <laughs> when
1: did you record your special i'm curious
0: i recorded it like a month ago whoa
2: okay. <laughs> oh my god that's right when i saw you in toronto you were just you had been yeah. like running it running it running it running it
0: yeah yeah and then i was and then yeah everything's been such a whirlwind it was like record it now in a month you gotta have picture lock trailer out key art everything it's coming out Mm -hmm. december 8th yeah oh my god that's
2: some that's crazy
0: yeah so it's all i've been thinking about you know is
1: well um, allow me to compliment you because i wasn't sure but i saw you at the peacock show at tg over the summer it was like june or july oh my gosh and you were so funny. I was sitting there thinking, I cannot believe she doesn't have a special yet. Like, I was, I was digging my nails into the table, getting pissed. Someone <laughs> give this woman a special. Oh. But you and Johnny Pemberton had me laughing so Yeah, I think it was July. I remember I love that, that show. show.
0: I remember show. that show. Yeah, yeah. Things got wild. Things get wild. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> things just get wild. Me and Johnny. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Two, good, two good ones. And but you uh, I'm room? excited.
0: Thank you, mm. thank you so much.
2: And he's just Scotty's a great he's a great audience member for comedy. He sits in the back and just goes, "It's comedy." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. Oh there my was... gosh!
0: But you you just have like nails in the table too. There's just all the tables just that you've like carved out from mm-hmm. feeling feelings.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel deep emotional feelings when I watch stand up. Never laugh though. That's Never laugh. uh nobody likes yell. me there.
2: He does yell. I like to laugh
0: though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've come here for
0: humor. <laughs> it's comedy. That's great. That's I just I that's that's how my dad would be at a comedy mm-hmm. show if I let him yes. in them. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would be like an auditory yeah Has- re- reaction person.
2: Has he ever seen you so he's never seen you do stand up?
0: He's never seen me do stand up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I have I've been I've been actively trying to keep my new special away from my dad mm. and uh, I was very worried about <laughs> it. Really? Yes, I was very worried about it. Um and because I, you know, I talk about him in a little bit in it and uh you know, it's it's all like it's all I think playful ribbing but comes from, you know, uh, some place of kind of childhood. a deep painful hurt yeah yes <laughs> uh, yes that yeah um and i had no problem with him seeing it but then he had a he had a stroke maybe like a year ago uh, and now he can't he can't talk and so i would have been very open for him to see it and then be able to like talk to him about it right. but nah. now he has a very difficult time forming kind of more uh you know uh, upper level words even though he thinks can think all of it and right. so i like asked his wife like hey could you just like I just kind of want to, I am feel I feel more protective of him now. Would you just ask him not to watch it? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I don't think he knows it exists. <laughs> Good.
0: Oh, and my now, gosh.
2: Yeah, he doesn't know it exists. And then he did like one of the posts about it on Instagram. And then my brother texted me. He's like, Dad's going to watch it now. And I was <laughs> like, there's no way Dad's going to watch it now. <laughs> he's not yeah. going to follow up. He's never watched any of my comedy. Uh, oh, my so, gosh.
0: That's so wild, you know, not to... My father also had a stroke, too, recently. Oh, really? And n- that's not why he's not going to watch it or anything. <laughs> but because he's, he can speak again and everything. Uh-huh. And oh, that's the, good. Yeah, all the vocab is back. But, you know, it's, it's honestly the language barrier. And so, um, uh-huh. yeah, I think it, it'll be fun for him to just watch me move about and, yeah, and make nice. a noise for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> While the audience laughs. Did you I saw like a
2: little clip from your trailer. Is it true that that your parents gave themselves American names?
0: Yeah, every one of my relatives. (laughs) Yeah. My dad didn't move to the States with us, but my mom goes by my mom goes by Linda. You got Uncle Paul. (laughs) You got Auntie May. You got Simon (laughs) and Otsko. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Uh, Do you want to hear about this uh, original Florida Man? I do,
0: yeah. Amo? Is that short for Amos?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is not. Who has the time? This is the at, well, I'm I don't want to spoil see that I, I, the reason I didn't use the actual headline mm-hmm. okay. um is because it gives too much away. I and see. And so instead I will go to where I originally found this, mm. which is a very cool Instagram account that I follow, uh called History Cool Kids. And it's a terrible name, but a very good account. Okay. And uh here's the story of mm-hmm. of Amo. Okay, on March 18th, 1944, Mm -hmm. 27-year-old Amo Kuvunen and his Finnish ski unit were patrolling Lapland, which is the northernmost region of Finland that's part of the Arctic Circle when they came under attack by Soviet forces. Yes. They soon found themselves surrounded by the numerically superior Soviets and had no choice but to retreat as quickly as possible through deep, untouched snow. Not cool. led the way, but soon found himself physically drained. And by mm-hmm. the way, this is... I'm just literally reading this off of the History Cool Kids Instagram, which does not cite where they are taking. I've seen from. this mm-hmm.
1: story. This is real. This it's, is a 100% yes, I have real looked story. It up. I have looked yes. it up on
2: multiple places, but this is kind of the easiest... Uh, chunk to explain it um, mm-hmm. he then remembered that he was carrying a package of Pervitin an earlier version of crystal meth that was used as a stimulant during World War II. Popping one of these pills was equivalent to drinking several cups of coffee. Fun. It Ooh. just so happened that Koyvunin was carrying the entire supply of Pervitin for his unit. Uh-huh. Koyvunin struggled to pop a single <laughs> pill into his mouth because he was wearing thick gloves okay. and was also skiing like a madman <laughs> to escape the Soviets. Since he could not risk slowing down, he decided to consume all 30 pills of <laughs> pure methamphetamine. He he noticed the effects right away. His in- exhaustion faded, and he began to ski faster and faster. The Soviets were unable to keep up, and his own unit disappeared behind him. I bet Suddenly, he did. Koyvunin's vision began to blur, and he lost all consciousness. When he awoke, he was completely alone and had covered a hundred kilometers in like this is like eight foot deep snow. You know, like <laughs> this is what he's skiing on top of. Oh my he God. was still high with no food or ammunition because he would left his <laughs> all of his friends behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, His only chance of survival was to keep skiing. He had no idea where his (laughs) unit was, but he knew that the Soviets were still on his trail during the next few days. The next few days, okay? Koivunin came across Soviet forces several times, (laughs) but managed to escape each time, fueled by meth. He even skied over a landmine which exploded and then and managed to catch the forest on fire around okay, him. that counts. And, he, uh, and it left him badly injured and delirious, but not enough to kill him. Drifting Great. in and out of consciousness, Koi Vunin knew that he would quickly perish if he fell asleep for too long in sub-zero temperatures he needed to keep skiing. Oh. Koi Vunin managed to finally make it back to safety after having traveled a total of 400 kilometers Which is 250 miles on skis. He weighed only 94 pounds, and his heart rate was still pumping at 200 beats per minute. He lived until the age of 71 and passed away in 1989.
0: Incredible! Isn't that
2: amazing?
0: Amazing! I I wish he was. I wish they quickly made it like an Olympian. Like I, I wish they like they were like this is now the Olympics. You know, yes. like I, w- I wish they sort of like went to him. You know, and now watching mm-hmm. Amo, you mm-hmm. know, cut to oh,
2: Amo. I thought you meant I wish this was an Olympic event where professional skiers take massive amounts of methamphetamines and then <laughs> ski for two hundred and fifty miles while being shot at. I do.
1: I do.
0: That's called war, baby. Yeah. And there it is.
1: Wow. That's that must have war. been thrilling. So did he black out? Like he blacked out. He was so jacked up. He blacked out, but then he continually just skied. I mean, yeah. I would watch that as the Olympics. The Speed Olympics would be
2: incredible. <laughs> the Speed Olympics would be better than the regular Especially Olympics. winter.
1: Winter makes it more interesting. Summer, you, you can see their bodies too much. It's like, But if you're just like a blur out in the <laughs> snowfield just going for it, <laughs> I want to see it.
0: Yeah, it's a mix of things. It's a war simulation/speed slash mm-hmm. speed, uh, <laughs> olympics, you know, and actual sport, right? Actual it's beautiful. skiing
2: and actual sport. Yeah. yeah.
0: And role play, like cosplay because you I think <laughs> and I think for this you have to be whatever he was. What what was he? From the he Netherlands?
2: Finnish. Finnish oh, ski unit. Finnish. And like they they have a picture of what the outfits were. The outfits were Awesome. It was legitimately like James Bond all white mm. uh, with white skis
0: and so like cool. white
2: hats so that they would like blend into the snow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean and you know, I I was enticed. I was in the story. The only part that I wasn't sure about was Every how do they know about like the two hundred beats per minute thing? You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. You know oh, I that think was after they found him. They measured that the, that oh, was, was after still... they rescued him. His heart rate was still at two hundred beats per minute. That's yes. how much speed he took.
2: Yeah, he had lost all like a bunch of weight and also his. He was still on speed after like whatever four days. Oh my Of skiing gosh. nonstop, also skiing 250. 50 miles like ski like it's not all downhill you know he's not skiing downhill that whole time he's often skiing uphill like that's insane to do
0: yeah wow you know somewhat and you know what's wild you know, people will hear a story like this and make it about themselves. You know, the, that's right. The, you know, people will that's still right. hear this and thank you so much for telling that the weight loss journey of Amo, mm-hmm. You know, because that's what they're thinking about. Oh wow, the uh, he lost uh, how many pounds? You know, thinking about oh maybe I can do that. You know, and it's it's about it's about being on the right side of history. That's
1: right. That's yeah. a really nice way to sum it up. Absolutely, I feel like I went, being. On the cool kids side of history, whoa!
0: Yeah, because... wow!
1: What a shout out! I'm
0: yeah, really shouting this cool. Instagram shout out. That was really cool. Although he didn't really like save anyone, right? He no. in fact he left in his fact, teammates behind. Exactly, he abandoned his people. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I had a eighth grade dance. I went to Catholic school. It was in, we had, we had a big church and then we also had like a uh, reception type of place and we had our school dance and my then girlfriend was, you know, another eighth grader, shockingly, named Rebecca and (laughs) we were allowed to, you know, we're all dancing like regular dancing and then when it was slow dance, you had to stand, um, uh, like an arm's width apart and we had nuns we mm-hmm. had sisters that would walk around and they would make sure that you were standing like you're keeping like the a Holy basketball with yeah, yeah you had to keep the Holy yes Spirit they were trying between, to keep you. our crotches from touching basically and my then girlfriend was acting so crazy and so weird and you know i'm 11 or 12 years old but like bouncing around. And every time the sister Teresa would come around and sell us to stand for the part, she would like jump up and down and hug me and spin me around and stuff. She was bigger than me. She had hit puberty. I had not.
0: <laughs> and
1: it turned out she had taken diet pills. She had taken like Dexatrim or something. And oh. she was off the rails, which looking back is the fun. I can just remember her laughing hysterically and then running laps around the entire dance floor <laughs> oh. with her friend Gina. And I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, Like, I guess she's, yeah, maybe it was the Holy Spirit, but she was on Dexatrim just going maniacal. And, you know, I haven't talked to her in 30 years. I hope she's out there doing great. How
2: did you find out?
1: She told me. She got in trouble. Like, they called her parents and were like, something's wrong with your daughter. And then, you know, dating back then was you would go to two school dances a year. You'd hold hands and you'd talk on the phone once a week or whatever. (laughs) And she's like, we took diet pills. We stole them from my older sister. Oh, I see. Okay. Perfect
2: date. Perfect date. Perfect date. Mm Dang. I remember Mm -hmm. going to my first high school dance, and it was... It was Christian Brothers Academy in Lincroft, New Jersey. And I started smoking early on in in childhood as people who listen to Bananas know. But when I, at 14 years old, it was the first, it was the, it was in October or something. So it was like the first dance of the year. The fall. And I show up and it's open because it was an all boys school. So they would open it up to other high schools so that like uh, girls and boys from other (laughs) high schools could also come. A mixer. So it wasn't just all of us like staring at each other with music playing. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) erections. And, uh, and so they, so it was at the high school, and we walk in. We get there at like whatever eight p.m. and mm-hmm. quickly realize every everyone, everyone is smoking. Yes. Like. It, you could smoke in the high school. So oh we're God. all now smoking in the high school in front of <laughs> our teachers, and our teachers are smoking. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like yeah. it was just this bizarro wor- version of high school where all of a sudden you're allowed to do all the bad things, be- and then so everyone weird. else. It's so, so weird.
0: <laughs> Dang. And well, was, what were
1: you smoking back then? What brand drove you wild? Marlboro Reds. Yeah. Dear God! Just the <laughs> That's class, what everybody. You
0: smoked. know the ads always worked. The ads, yep. the ads worked for me. You know. Yeah. That Did you smoke
1: first. cigarettes as a young rebel?
0: Oh yeah, I said, oh well, uh, now I'm 18, I have rights. <laughs> 7-Eleven, hey, what's up? Maybe I'm a cowboy too. You know, Whoa. I had Are you, seen, Were you a
2: Marlboro Reds oh, person yeah. as well?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Those ads worked. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all went to Christian Catholic school. I went Catholic, to public school, and yeah. I danced at my homecoming. You know, oh, yeah. I I danced up on this guy Marcus that sort of I've been crushing on, and mm-hmm. we had both like sort of been there alone, strangely. Okay. So I danced with him oh. all night, and I got I got. The wrong ideas. I, I said, oh, my gosh, we're like dating, you know. And so the next day I saw him on campus. I saw him in the hallway. I grabbed him and I made out with him. And he pushed me away <laughs> because, you know, that is you shouldn't do that. You yeah, should, that's fair. You need to like have conversations. I just like, ask. Yeah. Yeah. In front of all these people in between like two classes, you know, I, I, I grabbed him. I put my tongue down his throat. He pushed me away, and he said, damn, girl, you're scary. And... (laughs) That's kind of what that's I. That's a fair assessment
1: dances. of that situation. I think. I oh, think yeah. he had. You know, it's a lot to go from standing in a hallway to having a tongue in your throat. That's
0: oh, hundred scary. A hundred percent, and that's my me too story where I did it to somebody.
1: <laughs> but you haven't since, and you live and you learn. You you made the correction.
0: Yeah, I learned way back then before any yes. conversations about it. You just needed someone to tell you you're you're scary, and I was like, wow, I've never been called that
1: (laughs) (laughs) i went to public high school and our dances were so popular that they would sell out they sold tickets and if you didn't buy them on the first day yeah it was like five bucks or ten bucks a ticket huge public high school and they had 750 tickets and it would sell out in one day so if you didn't like hurry to where they sold school supplies or whatever and buy tickets you didn't go and so like half the school didn't get to go
2: Wait a sec. Half the school so the school is fifteen hundred kids? I think and it was only like half,
1: 1,300, Yeah.
2: Only half were got to go to any school
1: dance? That's so crazy. You gotta remember though, half the students probably want nothing to do with the school uh-huh. dance. Mm-hmm. Right. But right, right. it was a it was a diverse school and everybody went and it would be like sometimes it would be Baltimore Club music, sometimes it would be Footloose by sometimes it would be whatever Garth Brooks song was big at the time. Like everybody hit the dance floor. And it was homecoming, probably sophomore year, and they did the royalty where you could be the king and the queen of the dance and all that stuff. And for my class, I got prince. So I got wow. the, the runner-up. And so another a girl named Jen got princess or whatever the runner-up was for the ladies, and her... Uh, spaghetti strap dress one of the straps snapped before our dance and so we i go find her on the dance floor and everybody's dancing we're slow dancing and the king and the queen are literally wearing crowns it's all very bizarre (laughs) and this girl jen that i didn't know very well and i are slow dancing and she's like this is fun i was like your strap broke and she goes do you want to see my titty real quick and i go (laughs) yeah sure and she just pulled down her top for 0.3 0.3 seconds showed me her bare breast great boob, way to go great titty and then pulled it back up and to this day it might be the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me in my entire life it was she just was like you want to see this and How i was like you? oh 14 or 15 oh my god that is that was like
2: Wow. You were just like, I, I could die today.
1: We were basically strangers in the hallways. And then after that, there was a, a bond that to this day, she'd be like, can you get me from the airport? I'd be like, I'm on my moped. I'm on my way.
0: You deserved it. You were prince. I you were was prince. prince. I, didn't, prince I, didn't, I didn't know that's how it worked. That if you're the prince, you're the princess. Now you now you get married. <laughs> it's like, I'm I'm 14. No, you dance, dance, dance
1: together. (laughs) Yeah, you two strangers get real close. The opposite of Catholic school, public school, they're like, get on each other. You show him your titty. (laughs) (laughs) She was the best. You want me to tease us into a break, Curtie B? Oh yeah, we've only had one story. Um, I'll do another. You want to do a full story? I don't mind. No, tease us. Tease us into into a break. I'm going to do another Florida one. A Florida woman is suing Kraft for $5 million, saying the Velveeta microwave mac and cheese takes
2: longer to make than advertised. We'll be back with some piping hot fresh bananas right after this. Folks, we are back. Uh, Scotty, do you have any shout outs before we get back to our fantastic guest?
1: You know, I do. I do. Sasha wants to shout out Zach and Delani. Uh, Sasha always reposts our Instagram stories. Kurt, Thank what is you. our Instagram? The Bananas Podcast. At Instagram. Uh, and then they promptly message her and they all laugh and laugh and laugh together. Uh, I just wanted to shout out personally uh, one of our listeners named Zinedine who sent us a news story to do on the pod. They also came to our Bell House show, Kurt, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to thank him for being so polite. He sent the most polite. I think this is a good story. It would be exciting if you used it on the <laughs> podcast. So many people are like, do this one. It's funny. Uh, Zinedine, thank you for uh, bringing your wife to our show. And also, thanks for just sending a very polite, professional <laughs> direct message. Hard to do these days. Uh, and last but not least, Tracy Bardugan. I believe I'm saying that right. Starts sad, gets happy. She had a dog pass away. It was named Emma. It was an adopted pit bull and one of the great dogs. Uh, And she was listening to bananas anytime she got sad. So much so that when she went to pick up her her dog's ashes, she was listening to bananas and and cackling. She was laughing while she was getting her dog's ashes (laughs) and said, damn, she's still heavy when she got the bag of ashes. So I think it got a laugh from the staff. I think the staff laughed at her for making a joke. So shout out to Tracy for going through the hard times. But laughing
2: at the sadness, we appreciate that. And that's what I got. Thank you. And of course, we are here with our fantastic guest. Her brand new HBO comedy special, The Intruder, uh, comes out December 10th on HBO. Please welcome we Okatsuka.
0: Hello. Hi. Oh, I got the date wrong earlier. I said December 8th. So thank you for reminding me when yes. I should tune in.
2: I only looked I just know because of your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you.
1: So tonight Banan Animals, watch it tonight. I think I think this will come out after December 10th. So yes. make yourself a dinner, pour yourself a cocktail
2: and laugh at Otsko. It's a great special. Thank oh you. man, I cannot wait to see it, Otsko. Uh so tell us so it's called The Intruder, right?
0: Yes. The intruder. Yes. Do
2: you want? To, is there anything you can tell us about that, or you would? Would you, pref, if you would prefer to leave it as a, as a surprise for people who watch, uh, we can just move on and yeah. cut this part.
0: No, I've I've talked about it a lot publicly, but yeah. So during the you know this whole thing, the pandemic, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. my husband and I had an intruder come to our house three times in the same day. Wow! Uh, and <laughs> yeah, and I was oh, this guy's really brave, you know. And it's just uh, my husband's very; he's able to confront things. Uh, I'm sort of like oh, let's just move. I'm that kind of person, you know. <laughs> <Let's just move>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick up and we'll pick up a leave, you know. Uh, you know, it, it, we're just <laughs> renters anyway. Smart. You know, yeah, this is our landlord's problem. It's his intruder, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so it's sort of, it's a stand-up hour with um, that story and as the three acts, you know, the first intrusion, second intrusion, third intrusion, and how we eventually fought him off.
2: Whoa, that's fascinating. Oh, I'm so excited to watch that. That is crazy. That is such a crazy
1: story. I'm thrilled to hear it. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Do you talk about the fact that you invented the drop challenge on in the special at all?
0: I don't. I don't do that.
1: No. Well, for Urban animals, if you're if you're not familiar with Osco's comedy, you're probably familiar if you have TikTok or Instagram or any social media with the drop challenge, which mm-hmm. went crazy viral. Um, what was the biggest thing to come out of that? I, I saw you talk to Arsenio Hall about it. Did you talk to anybody else?
0: Yeah, well I'm I'm buds with Chelsea Handler already and so when uh, she co-hosted not co-hosted guest hosted the Kimmy mm-hmm. the Kimmy show Oh right. Um she The Kimmy Jimmel show Kimi Mimo, which it should be called. Kimmy yes. Mo, Kimmy Mo Schmidt <laughs> Kim,
2: jimmy's what
0: what is the show called late show yes <laughs> the, the that show with
1: mm-hmm. Jimmy. when kimmel i did that jimmy show James.
0: with jimmy kimmel <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> which is on every night um mm-hmm. she yeah she so i i taught her and guillermo how to do the drop on there too you know it's a, it's Incredible. a silly thing but it brought joy to a lot of people internationally it's best. <laughs> what
2: was the first what was the first version of it that you did
0: what was, were you in the middle of? I was in Little Tokyo with my grandma. Little Tokyo, of Los Angeles. <laughs> we were just, <laughs> we were just sort of grocery shopping, and then I just remembered this song and the beat, the bass beat. I loved how it went, ooh, ooh, ooh. and I was like, gosh, Beyonce's Partition, Beyonce's Partition. Yeah, mm, every wow, time that, look that, at that ooh, I was like, gosh, what if like your whole body just dropped to that? You know, it's so you're just taken by this beat, and so I started mm-hmm. doing it all over Little Tokyo um with my grandma and it was just for fun you know just to like make people laugh you know and and then people people were like people started recreating it
1: big time yeah it went huge it It, was it was the new planking it was you yeah
0: (laughs) yeah nurses nurses were like i have two minutes you know what i mean yeah yeah before they had to rush to their patient (laughs) it's cool it was a stressful
1: year. You did the world yeah. of service, so God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, here, let me tell you about this cheese lady. This mm-hmm. was sent in by Sarah Painter. Thank you, Sarah Painter. Very nice of you. A Florida woman is suing Kraft for $5 million, saying Velveeta Microwave Mac and Cheese takes longer to make than advertised. Okay. All right. Okay. It
2: already seems like it's pretty quick.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) And it was written by Melissa Alonzo and Zoe Sotile at CNN. You gotta have tuple. (laughs) (laughs) When you're writing about mac and cheese, team up! Yeah, Melissa focused on the mac, Zoe (laughs)
2: hit the cheese.
1: (laughs) That's why they're the best in the business. A label... On a cup of Velveeta's microwavable mac and cheese says the meal takes only three and a half minutes to prepare, but a Florida woman says this is false, and she's suing the manufacturer for $5 million. (laughs) Amanda (laughs) Ramirez of Hialeah, I think it is, or Hialee, has filed a proposed $5 million class action lawsuit against Kraft Heinz Food Company, which I'm fine with suing, sue corporations, that's okay, but this uh, this is a little dumb. Seems Alleging sad. the food producers, Velveeta shells and cheese, takes longer than advertised to prepare. Court documents show attorneys for Ramirez filed the lawsuit to the U.S. District Court. Blah blah blah. The lawsuit claims that the packaging on the microwavable single serve cup of mac and cheese says it will be ready in quote three and a half minutes, but this is quote false and misleading. <laughs>
2: This is, the, this is the cup that you, you I primarily see in uh, hotel lobbies yes. for purchase. Mm-hmm. And it's always the thing after I finish a show at mm-hmm. midnight and everywhere in that town is closed. And I look at that goddamn mac and cheese microwavable cup and I'm like, is this the night? Is this the night I'm so hungry that I'm going to eat that mac and cheese? And it's, I haven't yet. I haven't yet, but I've come really? close. Really?
0: I've done it multiple times, and then I use the hot pocket and the freezer section as my protein. So that's oh, that's nice. So it's like I make a whole meal. Just I usually a go for this meal. I usually go for <laughs> Thank the you.
2: Stouffer's pizza. I usually get that frozen pizza in a microwave. Nothing comes instead. closer to home than Stouffer's. The product's instructions.
0: Stouffer's S- pizza. You're, you travel better than me, Court. <laughs> <laughs> Stou- <laughs> <Not for laughs> I don't got no Stouffer's pizza at my <laughs> La Quinta Inn. Oh, I'm, no. You these don't are what? Marriott's. Marriott's have pretty good um, mm. little stores.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the they're little, they're little, like, I can't remember which one it is, like home place or town place sweets or whatever. Oh, yes. It's like a very low end one. And they have, like, that little pantry area. And uh-huh. they have a freezer. And inside that freezer, you'll always find a Stopher's pepperoni pizza.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. a Hagen does ice cream. You go, oh my and a God. Hagen ice am I, cream. What did I when Prince at homecoming? <laughs> uh, uh, Hagen <laughs> with almonds? <laughs> okay. What did I. I did good tonight. Yeah. What I am who the did Prince good tonight. Of
1: high school's homecoming (laughs) um also aren't hotels getting better you guys are on the road a lot aren't hotels getting better like i feel like the lower lower grade hotels are still pretty good now where it used to be like low grade hotels were like truly horrifying and now i'm like hey all the lobbies are
2: pretty nice yeah Mm -hmm. like a holiday inn express is a nice hotel now yeah you
0: know when i was
2: a kid holiday inn was not a nice place to be
0: no. I think they needed the pandemic to like empty all of it out, and then they were, yeah. and then they dedusted, and they were like, "Hey, <laughs> look here, our carpet's blue color." <laughs>
2: <laughs> they remembered who they were.
0: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs>
1: what do you think about the little pillows instead of the full size pillows? I hate the
2: little pillows. I hate. I deeply hate the little pillows. go.
0: Wait on little the pillow? bed. On the yeah, bed yeah. on the lower
2: end, on the lower end hotels, uh-huh. they have the little pillows. They oh. have like eight, eight small pillows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, after a long night of performing, hey, I don't notice the size. What?
2: Thank you, Oh, man. Thank you know you. what? The, here's what I dislike about the tiny pillows the most is that I sleep, I sleep cradling a pillow like it's a lover. Okay. Uh, encircled in my arms, mm-hmm. what a generous lover! And the tiny, and the tiny pillow was simply too small to cradle. It's like holding a child, like a real creep. <laughs> yeah, I have to change the way I sleep. I have to hold its little pillow head up near my shoulder so it could burp oh that is so funny and nobody's talking about
1: it the product's instructions say to microwave the cup for three and a half minutes but ramirez's attorneys argue this number doesn't account for the other four steps required to prepare the pasta removing the lid and sauce pouch adding water microwaving and stirring i mean what is happening uh, according to court documents, the additional steps mean it's possible for the mac and cheese to be ready in just three and a half Oh, it's impossible for the mac and cheese to be ready in just three and a half minutes. Kraft Heinz Food Company dismissed the lawsuit as frivolous. We are aware of this frivolous lawsuit and will strongly defend against the allegations in the complaint, a spokesperson told CNN on Monday. The lawsuit also alleges the Craft is unfairly profiting off of false advertising for the cups. I mean, I you guys get it. Let me see if there's anything interesting in here. I no. want to
0: know how long it took her.
2: Right. Yeah, that's and that's what it does not say. I looked up multiple articles for this we and got it does this not a say how how long she believes it does take. But it can't it's probably 3 minutes and 45 seconds. Like How long does taking a top off, putting it in a microwave, taking it out of the microwave, and stirring it take? 15 seconds? 25 seconds, maybe?
0: Oh, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. After a long night of drinking, and, (laughs) and you're in... Freaking St. Paul, Minnesota, and it's cold outside. <laughs> the and capital. And your husband couldn't travel with you because uh-huh. he had COVID, and oh, you're boy. on your own, and mm-hmm. you're at the Marriott little pantry, and you get that little Velveeta mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Mm. Look, I don't, I don't ever think anything's going to take the amount of time the package says, but you're drunk AF, okay? You're stumbling. <laughs> you got your hot pocket in your other hand. Oh, trust me. It can take... A while. To make that <laughs> you go, you're pressing buttons. What is uh, What Trying to figure out a new microwave. Okay. You pass Whoa.
2: out in between. You <laughs> wake up. It's an hour later. This is way more than three and a half minutes. This too,
0: boys. This too. Too much water. That'll make it cook. It'll take forever. <laughs> too much. Because you've got to wait for that. Those tiny little pastas to soak up all that water. Bitch. A lot of weird, a lot of things could have gone wrong with this, with this mac and cheese. And I can, one, I will, one could be that she dr- overdrowned the pasta. She put too much water. And so she yes. was waiting for 20 minutes because the little pastas were like, we're still drowning in this bitch. You it's were, soup, baby. Yes.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. Well, it sounds like if you have your receipts from your La Quinta Inn, you might be a part of this class action lawsuit. You might get paid. We'll this let you know,
2: Scotty. Lonson. I They're never.
0: Gonna, I don't like to point you fingers. It, this is a yeah. moment to look inwards. Ooh,
1: the <laughs> internal finger—the the most important of them all.
0: What the hell were you doing that it took five, ten minutes to make yes. this mac and cheese?
1: Oh, I dated a drunk once, and on New Year's Eve, she got so drunk she ripped open an MRE, a meal ready to eat that was mac and cheese, and just ate it. She ate it dry on the floor. <laughs> uh-huh. Just, right. just what? Just crunching through it. Why did you have MREs in the house? It was at um, a (laughs) hotel. It was at the Capri Hotel in Ojai. And their cute thing was you could buy MREs and pour hot water in it with a kettle. And my then drunk uh, partner decided just to bypass the water step and break her teeth. And so (laughs) it was a a fun New Year's Eve. It was one to remember for sure. (laughs) Uh, I... um, I remember, so it's weird. When I was in my twenties, I was like lactose sensitive, and of course, I was living in New York, which is like
2: there's a lactose, lot of dairy in yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. But I discovered they call it the big cheese for a reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, we should just change it. Uh, but I the the moment that I discovered that I had a problem was I was on a first date and it was a it was a lunch date with very nice person and I was like, I live in Brooklyn, she lived in Manhattan. I said, Where, why don't you pick a spot and I'll meet you? She said, great. So we go to Smack. Do you remember Smack in the East Village? It was no. a place that gave you skillets of mac and cheese, which were like any type you want. I don't know if it's still there, but <gasps> it, was a fien- it was a phenomenon back then. People were like, you gotta go to Smack. So we go and we eat our disgusting and delicious skillets of mac and cheese. And then we are taking a nice little walk because the date was going well, and suddenly I felt death uh, oh, brewing inside me, and I was like, something is very wrong. So I'm, I urgently was like, maybe we should get a drink, you know, just to get into a bar. <laughs> so, you know, or she just thought I was like a raging alcoholic at 1 p.m. <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> and so we go to the closest bar, which was 7B, the um, Horseshoe Bar. Remember yeah. that bar, Kurt? Love 7B. It's a
2: really cool bar. It's shaped
1: like it a horseshoe. Still I do too, and yeah. it's a ton of movies from the 70s and 80s. Also and 90s. featured
2: recently in the first season of Russian Doll. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Um,
1: but the bathrooms there are not fit for uh, no. the needs. It is not. It's one of like it's kind of like a punk rock feel, like doorless dolls oh. and just graffiti everywhere. So, so I snuck out the back door. I order drinks. And then I rush out the back door and I'm like, I got to find a cafe or a restaurant or something. And as I'm leaving the back door, a woman says to me, do you have a lighter? And I say, no.
0: <laughs>
1: and I run across the street directly into a Mexican restaurant, run past the hostess and the entire staff and run into and use the bathroom. And it's a miracle. It all worked out. So then, but I'm like, so the date just thinks I left her. She thinks uh-huh. I just ghosted her. She didn't see me leave, I don't think. But, uh, but basically, I'm like, she thinks I'm out of here. So I jog back across the street, uh, and the woman who asked me for a lighter was Janine Garofalo. Oh. <laughs> smoking a cigarette. And I didn't know her at the time. Yeah. But and for she's a stand-up comedian and an actress and uh I recognized her. But when I came back, she just takes a Drago cigarette and she goes, Cozy? And I go, What's that? She goes, Are the bathrooms over there cozy? And I go, Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> But she goes, yeah, there are not a lot of easy bathrooms in this neighborhood. And then just walked away really cool. And so I go back into the bar, and my date was clearly like, where the hell have you been for the last five minutes or whatever? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I saw my friend Janine Garofalo. Do you know who she is? (laughs) And she goes, No. I guess she wanted to smoke a cigarette with me. I didn't smoke a cigarette. But Janine Garofalo was like the perfect excuse to get me out of having to be <laughs> like, oh, I was running across the street about to shit my pants. <laughs> so I just lied. So next time I see Janine Garofalo, I'm going to let her know that she saved me and got me a second date. So thank you, wow. Thank you what Janine. Wow. Janine.
0: Uh, okay, that's, that is a This American Life <laughs> story. Like, what are you doing? Let's wow. pitch it. We need to see, Yes. This
2: is for the stage, Scotty. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Wait a second. Wait a Uh,
2: second. Act number one in our show, (laughs) Shitting Your Pants, comes from a little guy named Scotty Lance.
1: Have you ever had flop sweat in the middle of a date come on suddenly and you demand (laughs) the person you met 45 minutes earlier gets drunk at 1 p.m.? I have.
2: Are you guys ready for a new one? Here it is. Yeah. French man wins right to not be fun at work. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, this Mm -hmm. was sent in by Sean Pfister on our Instagram, The Bananas Podcast. This is in the Washington Post, written written Mm -hmm. by Rachel Panett, who is, some say, The best in the biz at writing about fun French people.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) Francis Highest Court has ruled that a man fired by a Paris-based consulting firm for allegedly failing to be fun enough at work was wrongfully dismissed. The man, referred to in court documents as Mr. T. (laughs) 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 This is like, guys, Mr. T's fun. Can we choose a different moniker? (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T is the most fun Okay, was I, I guess unless he's flying Right? Then Mr. T is no fun If he has nope. to fly, he's very okay. upset uh, Was do? fired from Cubic Partners in 2015 after refusing to take part in seminars and weekend social events that his lawyers argued, according to court documents, included, quote, excessive alcoholism and, quote, promiscuity. Mr. T had argued that the fun culture in the company involved humiliating and intrusive practices, including mock sexual acts, crude nicknames, and obliging him to share his bed with another employee during work functions? Weird. Not normal. That part is, like, really off the charts. Yeah. Uh, In its judgment this month, the Court of Cassation ruled that the man was entitled to freedom of expression, that refusing to participate in social activities was a fundamental freedom, blah, 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 blah. blah, According to the court documents, the man was hired by uh, Cubic Partners as a senior consultant. Um... But here's the deal. He was fired for professional incompetence in March. Right. Uh, the company also criticized his sometimes brittle and demotivating tone towards subordinates. Hilarious. And allegedly <laughs> inability to accept feedback and differing points of view. Okay. Um, so <laughs> All it's, right. This is a confusing uh, thing. Uh, it is not the first time a company's drinking culture has come under the microscope in court proceedings. Blah 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 blah. Um, anywhere else? Some it's in in England. Some companies have what they call booze chaperones. That's what the article says. Mm-hmm. Uh, for when like uh, work parties get out of hand, there's someone smart. to be like, I'm watching everything and I'm sober. Um, probably s- smart. That's probably a pro- that's a smart. good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love a booze chaperone. Get yourself a booze chaperone. Companies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that guy he won. He's allowed to be not fun at work. How much did he win? Uh, I think it just, uh, does it say? Uh, uh, Oh, uh, he won $1.2 million. uh, What? Yeah. Wow. I think that that's what That's so much money for just being a party pooper.
0: (laughs) But the partying sounded toxic.
1: Yes, for sure. Getting bullied. Peer pressure is the worst. He was getting bullied nonstop, but still, yeah. five grand,
0: one point <laughs> two million. <laughs> I,
2: I think I think I quoted improperly. I saw one point two million. That might be from a different court case. That's uh, okay. But one point two million has been awarded to people who didn't want to be fun at work in France. Apparently, okay, wow. yeah, their idea of fun it. is different. I know. Yeah. I guess it's like the European like work party, I think, is a totally different animal than the American work party. Although, I do I don't know. work parties getting pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. When I, I worked for a staffing agency called Access Staffing. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, I worked there for eight years. I was their IT guy, and I fixed computers for them, which really meant I did no thing. I did nothing. <laughs> uh, but we would go on these work parties, and yeah. it was... It was fascinating the the levels of inebriation that I witnessed yes. um, for people. I guess it's I guess it's just people who don't party, right? And then it's like three drinks, and they are right. blackout on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah. yeah, it was intense. It was really intense. Let's oh, go. Did you ever work
1: in a corporate environment? Did you ever work in like a really bland office?
0: I always my. Jobs like that were always so short lived. I barely Mm -hmm. have any memories of it. Like, the closest to getting a real job, I feel like. The other day, I was at a bar and the bartender frantically rushed to our table and asked, Is anybody here a doctor? You know, and I, that that feeling I felt of being needed like that, I think is the closest I felt to like, (laughs) Maybe, oh, oh, my God, I'm like employed, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, but even though you were not the doctor mm-hmm. and not. Oh, yeah. it couldn't help. Oh, yeah. No, no. T- uh, <laughs> but the, I, the urgency excited me because no one ever asked for a comedian like that, you know. No. Anyone here oh. have jokes? Anybody, anybody on this plane, you know what I mean? Imagine the the pressure, right? Ugh, just like a nightmare. Hey, everyone, (laughs) and you know, it's just anyway, but uh, yeah. No, but I've seen my father drink a lot. And i that's when I knew, oh, may, maybe all work is toxic when they try mm-hmm. to have fun, you know, because they're just all work, 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 work. And then they're like, we don't know how to just drink moderately. <laughs>
1: yes. I want to show you the other side of me, the devil side
2: that's been inside <laughs> me sitting next to you in this cubicle for 11 months. Oh, my year.
0: God. A hundred percent. Yeah.
2: And I also think part of it, too, is like, I don't want to hang out with people from work. Well, pour enough alcohol on top of it and these people are barely tolerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. I I by my
1: accountant a few years ago made me laugh so hard they have the most boring office ever it's like it's like a 20 minute drive north of LA and he's a really nice guy he's really good at entertainment accounting but he's just sitting there typing in my taxes just typing in my expenses typing in all that crap and it's silent and you don't know what to do and I don't want to like pull out my phone and be rude because he might have to ask me a question so I'm just sitting there watching a grown man do my taxes (laughs) and it's I don't know let's say eight minutes go by but it feels like four years and then suddenly he just stops typing slowly looks up at me goes do you like women's basketball (laughs) and i go yeah i guess so it's pretty good why he goes i coached my daughter's team until she went to college and then just went back and not there was nothing else about it he it just came into his mind while he was crunching numbers
0: (laughs) yeah do you know what that could do to a person i mean look at him Listen to him. Yes. You know? Yes. And imagine if he gets to let loose. Oh.
1: Oh, yeah. It's going to be
0: like, you know. I want to be there. You want to be there?
1: I want to be Pouring the eggnog when my accountant Bruce loses is shirtless, running around with his tie around his head, just screaming W-N-B-A,
0: at people. Yes.
2: W N B A W N B A. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Send Kurti us B? home. Send us home, Scotty. Ooh, I have some good
1: ones here. Let me see if I have a fun. Oh, this one's fun. All right, this one's fun because it's in Canada, and we always assume that Canadians are the friendliest, nicest people alive, but. Not always the case. Turns out they're just human beings. Yes, just like the rest of us. This was on cbc.ca, written by Aura Rosas. Wow. wow. Yeah. That sounds like it could be just one word. Yeah, cbc.ca Aura Rosas, which is a beautiful name. Mm -hmm. It's great. Mm -hmm. Aura Frame, sponsor of the Bananas Podcast. Uh, Brothers who haven't spoken to each other in over 30 years are fighting to become the mayor of Port Colborne. Bill and Charles Steele from Port Colborne, Ontario, are brothers who haven't spoken to each other in 30 years, and this fall they'll be fighting it out in the race for mayor. I love this. (laughs) Just the anger, and then it's like, you're running for mayor, motherfucker? Me too. (laughs) Um, Mayor Bill Steele, so one of the brothers, won the election in 2018, Uh, And his brother, Charles, are the only two candidates running. No (laughs) way. they're coming head to head. They will face each other in the upcoming municipal elections. Uh, Charles said he's running against Bill because he believes in democracy and wants to see regular people run for office. (laughs) (laughs) Dunking Uh. on him. If I hadn't run then my brother would have been acclaimed mayor because nobody else was running. A lot of politicians have silver spoons in their mouths. We could wow. use some new thinking.
2: Mm. Something's going on. Also, uh, I just looked it up. Port Colburn has 18,000 people in it. This is this is a small
1: area. Wow. This is so fun. <laughs> Uh, Let me see if there's any highlights in here Uh, Charles Steele says We need more humanity in our mayor Charles says that uh, His brother is not the only reason he's running Yes it is (laughs) This is so personal uh, he said one of his goals is to set some new directions for Polk Col- Colborne and uh, mentioned affordable housing. Very good. We all agree. Right. We need more affordable housing. Other things Charles says he wants to address are the rising cost of living. But this is the line. I actually bolded it on my document. Charles said, although he has nothing against his brother Bill, they have not spoken <laughs> mm. for 30 for years. 30 years. Wow. 30 years. Years, he's not happy with the way he's running things. I mean, this is so good. Oh, so his brother already was mayor? Right. Oh, wow. So Bill is mayor, Charles is running against him, but he Mm -hmm. says he has nothing against his brother who hasn't spoken to in 30 years. (laughs) Asked why they haven't spoken in so long, the brothers wouldn't exactly say why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. This feels like a Zach Galifianakis movie to me. This feels (laughs) like a movie. Yes. Um, As for Bill, he says he's not worried and he knows the community will vote for him because they know who he is. I've raised my family here. My roots are here. My my asshole my brother's, brother's here. You <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> I run a business here, so everybody knows who I am. I campaigned on open transparency, being honest with the public, and have always done so in my 21 years of public service. So these two just hate each other's guts for some secret reason. It feels like a Stephen King novel, really. Wow,
0: that's amazing. Otzko, do you have any siblings? I have half siblings, and, you know, we don't talk. Oh, look at that. But, there it is, maybe... Oh, Maybe yeah. you
2: could go to their place of work and try and steal their job.
0: <laughs> yeah, but if my sister ever gets any ideas about running for anything in Chiba, Japan, oh, I will, I'll be the first to, yeah, and it'll be because I want affordable health care. <laughs> That's right. I do like that Charles is like on like the right side of history with things, though. That he's like, mm-hmm. you know, things are getting expensive. I want affordable mm-hmm. housing for people. I want, you know. Yes. And as
2: I, As I, mayor I, of this eighteen thousand person <laughs> town, I'm going to have the power to reduce the price <laughs> of consumer goods.
0: No, totally. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's repeating someone else's campaign. Yes. Someone I would vote for. Yeah,
1: he (laughs) implies a lot of like financial things. The silver spoon, regular people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe in democracy.
0: I was like, wait, I do too, Charles.
2: Mm. (laughs) We're on the same
0: page. (laughs) Yeah. I I think we should have some non-politician
2: thinking. Like, what would a politician do? (laughs) Uh, Whatever that is, I'm doing the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: know small town politics are so insane and like a friend of mine was running for something similar like something small and he was like if we get 45 votes we win i was like what he goes 60 votes is like a landslide and i was like oh okay so yeah okay good to know dang well good luck to those gentlemen i'll do a follow-up as soon as i see the results but um (laughs) hopefully it doesn't end in a murder suicide you know hopefully (laughs) this ends just with a nice handshake and no okay. words exchanged.
2: <laughs> and another 30 years of not talking. <laughs> uh, Otsuko, thank you so much for being here on Bananas. Thank
0: you for having me. It's always a grand time.
2: Where um, can they find you? Where can the Bananimals follow you on
1: socials and watch your stuff?
0: I'm at Otsuko Comedy and then just HBO December 10th.
1: December 10th. All right. Burn. Bananas. <laughs> Bananas is an Exactly Right
2: Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard.
1: And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstart
2: And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show.
2: And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.